Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Cinema Drip Podcast, the podcast where we need movies like we need our coffee. As always, I am Scott Lentz, here with my good friend and co-host, Christian Ubius. Christian, how are you doing on this, this fine day? You know, good. I have been giving grades back to my students, and they're not happy. Ooh, sorry, students. Uh, it's good to know that because then we can just sideline you for this episode as thankfully we have two wonderful friends of the show here rejoining us for a very fun Halloween spooky movie streaming recommendations episode. So back with us are Paul Yoder and Emily Baker who have both appeared before Paul and Emily uh, in, in that order to save people speaking over each other. How are you doing? I'm doing so well, Scott. Thank you very much. I am well, a little tired, but excited to be here again. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Thank you for persevering through your tiredness. I am glad to have you both back. Uh, Emily, it has been a while since you were last with us. It was, was it last year's uh, horror movie streaming recommendations episode? This is your... Nope. Nope. No, I was here for rom-coms. Rom-coms. That's Mm -hmm. right. You're you're a go-to for us for... (laughs) Genre. horror rom-coms it all mishmashes together and paul remind remind me when was the last time you were uh, a guest here on the cinema drip podcast oh me oh my um <clears throat> we've had Looney you a few Tunes? times was it, I think it was, yes I th- yes was i believe Looney so Tunes? yeah i believe it was a, a space okay. jam uh, that we were there for Okay, both of those episodes were extremely fun to record, so I would encourage you, if you have not yet listened to our rom-com streaming recommendations episode from a little while back, I have no idea if any of those movies are still streaming, but definitely still worth a listen with Emily and another friend of the show, Braxton. And then, Paul, our Looney Tunes episode came as part of the live-action and animated streaming, or not streaming, but blend of the month, which I know the Looney Tunes episode was special for me. (laughs) You guys had to cool me off a little bit after my Looney Tunes back in action love so listeners out there if you've not yet heard those episodes i would encourage you to go check them out they were a lot of fun to record and we always love having guests here on the show but enough of my rambling uh, i would say you didn't come to listen to me but if you're listening to this podcast you kind of did so you did come to listen to me but also you're here to listen to the other wonderful folks we have here to share some movies that are all streaming and ready for you to get your spooky on here as we are finally, as of today, October 1st in the month of October. So the way that this will work as per usual is that we will each be sharing a movie that is streaming right now that you can go watch at your leisure. assuming that you have an account (laughs) on the streaming services. And uh, we will just get a chance to chat a little bit about each of all the movies. They are covering a a wide range of genres here in terms of horror, so should be a fun episode. And Christian, my friend, I'm going to turn it over to you to get the proceedings underway here. What movie did you bring to the table? I chose the 1981 uh, horror comedy An American Werewolf in London. It was written and directed by John Landis, and it stars David Naughton and Jenny Agutter. Now here's, okay, this is something people don't know. Every time I recommend a movie, I have not seen it. I just grab something and then throw it out there that I've heard of and that I want to cross off of my watch list. And I do it very quickly. 
Uh, I like I recommended Ocean's Eleven, having not seen it. Not the biggest fan of Ocean's Eleven myself, which is hilarious so, because everybody loves that movie except you. But it was your recommendation. <laughs> Bill Simmons does not like Ocean's Eleven, so let's keep going with this. I yeah, I uh, an American Werewolf in London a horror comedy deals with a guy who is an American. He is in London and he turns into a werewolf. The plot is right there, uh, but it's. No, it's it's part like folklore tale because there are people in the surrounding town that know about the werewolf that that um, don't want to say anything because it's like you know scary and taboo to talk about the werewolf. There's the nurse that he falls in love with after he gets you know bitten by the werewolf. There's his friend who he was traveling through London with, uh, and I think that it's best described by this line from Wikipedia. Which was that prospective financiers believed that the script was too frightening to be a comedy and too funny to be a horror movie. It's weird. It's a weird monster movie that I think is really funny in just what it does. I'm a big fan of having chosen it. You've got this guy who's turning into... Okay, here's the thing. John Landis also wrote... Um, didn't write. He directed Thriller. The music, the Michael Jackson music video, and you can definitely see that in this weird, comical, kind of absurdist, there's a werewolf running around who doesn't believe it, and who doesn't know what he should be doing, and the frightening thing is how it affects the relationships that he's around when the full moon comes. Now, um, I am going to turn it over, I have more thoughts, I love the performances, especially of the lead character, the werewolf dude. But uh, I did want to know, who here has been revisiting this movie, or is it the first time for everyone? I'm not sure. First time. Uh, also a first-timer. Yeah, this is my first time. I had, I had definitely heard a lot about it. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, like, I don't know. It's It spawned, a like, a franchise of sorts, and, you know, John Landis being a pretty uh, famous uh, comedy director. Not too many famous comedy directors now, that I think of it, but you, you know what I mean. All right, cool. Any thoughts? I'm just so, like, meh on this movie, to be honest. Like, the whole time I was watching it, I was I was just getting a little bored. <laughs> I don't know. But honestly, werewolf movies don't aren't typically my thing, so... Are there a lot of werewolf movies out there besides the Twilight movies? <laughs> there must be, right? I feel like I've seen some werewolf content that I'm, like, not interested in. Although I did watch all of Teen Wolf, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. The, the obvious wolf. choice right there. Teen Wolf. You got Wolfman. Benicio Del Toro. Teen Wolf is a TV show. And a movie. What? From the 80s. And a movie? Yes. Christian, really? Christian what? <laughs> okay, I, oh, honestly, the Teen, Teen Wolf, wolf movie and the Teen Wolf TV show are both, both very good. So ignore me. Just ignore me. So no, Emily, your opinion. So no are one else liked here. this movie. If no one else liked this movie, there's that a problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I respect Emily Baker coming out of the gate swinging. That's why we bring on guests here. We like the dialogue and the banter. I definitely liked this movie. Um, I will say probably not my favorite that we were covering here for these this uh, fearsome foursome, if you will. But definitely a lot to like, and I think I'm not really original in saying this but the real star of the show is rick baker who is the legendary makeup and special effects artist who won the very first oscar for best makeup for this movie and he won that award seven times over his career so like truly worth watching just for his effects which you know are only featured in a few scenes in the movie but they are incredible 
John Landis actually um, didn't mean to shoot so much of the transformation to a werewolf, but when he was looking at it and saw that it was so good, he kept it in the movie. Yeah. So the, the, the entire movie is sort of... Uh, if if it's boiled down like in your memory, if you remember one thing, it's that like what thirty second uh, sequence, um, and just like every second of that is so uh, precise and like burned into your mind that it seems like it lasts longer. Um, there is a like there is a lot of bulging going on. Uh, there is a lot of. Uh, <laughs> Um, legs and arms you don't even know what they are so um, but the things that things are occurring uh, that should not occur and so you know your your mind is just like oh I, I better remember that for you know tonight's uh, dreaming um, so yeah I, I, I appreciated uh, the creature effects um, but yeah like um, you guys are saying I, I also appreciated the script I think that like there is a there was a level of humor. Um, I, I won't. I won't spoil too much. But like some characters, uh, their their ability to remain in the film after they perhaps should not uh, was was uh, a a very humorous decision. Um, they have a uh, and and there's this like very I don't know like. 80s 70s you know like fast talking you know very intelligent characters just i don't know and and the fact that they are acting stupidly also just i don't know it's it's a good time um emily i will ask you because you you said you were meh on this movie but you didn't hate it so was there anything that did work for you yeah so when i think about like the parts I liked about this movie, it's a lot of the comedic stuff. And I also, you guys talked about the, uh, the special effects or the makeup and stuff. And I think that was all really, really well done, especially some of the parts later in the movie. Uh, I think that was really great, but I think what I didn't like about it was, uh, our main character. I forget the actor's name. Uh, it's David, the guy who plays David. I believe the main, the, the, the actor <laughs> is David as well. Yeah, oh, David really? Naughton. Yeah, it, oh, it really simplifies okay. things because you're like, oh, like like if That's, you accidentally okay. call the actor now the I'm... real name, then you just leave in the take. Now I just look dumb, but I um I thought he did really well with his comedic moments, but anytime he had to do any like emotional turmoil, he was just not selling me on it, and I felt like I was laughing at times, or I should have been like, oh, this is a little bit more intense. But yeah, I was just like, this guy doesn't have the emotional range I need. I, th I think that's one of the things that I enjoyed the most about it, though, that the script is so weird and they're not I, they weren't trying to say or like gave the dramatic intensity of what it meant to turn into a werewolf. But instead, they were playing up the you're turning into a werewolf, man. Something's wrong. Like something's not right. <laughs> this shouldn't be happening. Uh, and it, it's that level of self-awareness that really made the movie work for me. But uh, I digress. Let's move on to, um, you know what, Paul, I believe it's you next. I do believe it's me. Mm. Oh, and streaming, streaming on Peacock, streaming on Peacock. Yes. All right. Thank you so much for, uh, turning over the floor to me and thank you for, um, allowing me to, to introduce you all, uh, to the, to the baffling ordeal, uh, that is Hausu. Um, uh, the English English uh, language is called House, and it is a uh, Japanese comedy horror film directed and produced by uh, Nobu Hiku Obayashi. You can definitely tell that he directed and produced it because no one was there to tell him no. Um, he is 
he's he's doing uh so he was inspired by the movie jaws uh to do a horror film and that is where the similarities end um it is a showcase of uh very early digital effects um that are i don't know if they were meant to all be funny but they are all very hilarious um there are a lot of yeah it's it's it is just a creative um film that is based around a bunch of girls going to a house and uh the house is haunted and it uh begins to do the killing so it's uh yeah you you would not think that that is a humorous experience but it turns out to be so um yeah i'd love to hear what you guys thought about uh my pick i i i don't i don't think this movie was quite for me now i'm not a fan of saying that i think that movies you know work or don't work this movie was weird man and 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 i get it but but paul i would like for you to do something can you please read out the character yes i i was going to get to that uh let me see here the cast um okay all right we have gorgeous kung fu professor fantasy mac which is short for stomach um (laughs) we have sweet melody um and uh that and then then the rest of the characters are tragically just normal uh human beings so i don't know why but that just immediately when they started like naming them off i was like is this the seven dwarves like what's happening there's seven of them and they're all named after their personality like what is happening yeah i so i will i will definitely come to the aid of paul here this movie worked very very well for me and it is definitely a wavelength kind of movie where uh as soon as these two teenage girls start referring to each other as gorgeous and fantasy without batting an eye and you're just like wait a second are these their given names you realize that that uh they are asking you to get on their very weird page very early on plus everything else that is going on with this movie like this is one of the most completely bonkers and visually exciting and also (laughs) mind-blowing movies i've ever seen it is hard to discuss it with with words and not have the ability to like show clips uh or frames but wow paul i'm very grateful to you for finally getting me to watch this Oh, yeah. Scott, when you said bonkers, that's exactly, like, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is just completely bonkers. And when I started it, I was like, I think I might hate this. But as I got into it, I was like, you just got to give yourself over to this movie and accept the surrealism and just be a part of it. And I think one of the things I started thinking towards the end of the movie, there was, like, a music cue that came up. And I was like, you know, this is kind of like Twin Peaks, but, like, to, the, like, the 20th power. Like, you just, you got to give yourself over to it and it it can be enjoyable <laughs> okay so the, the house kills the girls one by one that that's that's not like that's not a spoiler that's just the premise of every haunted house movie like but, if you're not expecting an american werewolf in london when you're watching an american werewolf in london and you probably shouldn't watch house expecting everything at the house to be okay here's I, okay all right look i i think the cgi was incredible because you could tell that the person meant for it to look as badly as it did to the point where it worked. I get that. I'm, I think that what held me back from it was the score. I don't know why, but the score wasn't working for me. Even though I get it, the piano comes to life and like, you know, chops off your fingers. But I, I, I don't, the, the score made, made me expect a romance 
which is much too normal. I needed a different kind of score to go with this movie. See, I don't know. At the beginning, I was like not into the score, but then as it went on and like certain music cues came up and Kung Fu was like kicking butt when like certain music was happening, I was like, this is great. <laughs> I love this. Kung Fu does defeat ghosts with the power of Kung Fu. Um, even even when uh, cut in half, um, her legs continue to <laughs> Kung Fu it up. Um, it's it's a yeah it's it's a remarkable and I think that like the music adds to the surrealism. It's just like is this the fifteenth time I've heard this? Like is is it just going to like continue looping like this? Um, and I also uh, I it's it's hilarious. So her her father in the 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 like main character uh her father is like a renowned film uh composer um so i don't know i again like there is a there is a level of madness uh the the line between madness and genius is just razor thin here um as as per usual so um i would encourage everyone to uh give it a try um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, just, uh, be comfortable that, you know, it's 90 minutes. So your life being wasted for that amount of time, uh, is not that much of a tragedy. So yeah, give it a go. Do you frequently rewatch this movie, Paul? I have. Yes. Uh, it is, it is a, it is an experience. So not like alone. I don't think, I think there's a, that would take a special, uh, type of crazy, but, um, in a, in a group, uh, perhaps uh, one or two drinks in, this becomes a, a like a, a shared uh, experience. Uh, much like much like war brings uh, brings soldiers and arms together, Hausu <laughs> will it will be a shared trauma that will bring you and your friends uh, close together as brothers. I will say I texted Paul eight minutes into this movie telling him how excited I was to talk about it. So I imagine watching it together is a is a much more fun experience. Yes. You, you, and the one thing you mentioned, I believe the words you used were we need to talk, um, and, which can mean a number of things. The one thing I do really want to point out about House and why it's kind of lived on, it's part of the Criterion Collection, is it is bonkers and insane, but it is an amazing example of a filmmaker just breaking all of the rules. And it's fun to watch for that because you start to realize how many things you take for granted in a movie. And there there is somewhat of a consistent plot. So it's not like too narratively crazy but in terms of what's going on with camera and effects and like christian you mentioned cgi but this is a 1977 movie and so i know what you meant in terms of special effects but it's not necessarily like computer generated stuff they're they're messing with the film adding filters cutting things in pausing the frame as other things keep moving superimposing people over backgrounds there's awful blue screen like there's all of this stuff going on and that is what was so fun to watch because you learn so early on that rules are going to be broken at a very fast and furious pace and so by the time somebody's been transformed into a pile of bananas you realize this yes i understand i i am one with house <laughs> I, I sometimes rules were meant to not be broken that's <laughs> I'm 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 gonna leave that there. But uh, Paul, where where can you stream this? Uh, yes, uh, it is streaming now on HBO Max. Um, and uh, yes, as you said, it is part of the Criterion Collection somehow. So uh, you know, if you can track that down, that's well worth your find. All right, uh, we are going to you next, right, Scott? Yes, you sure are. And we're sticking with the HBO Max train. 
because my pick is another 1981 horror movie, and that is The Evil Dead, written and directed by Sam Raimi, who I'm sure many of our listeners will know from his Spider-Man movies, and he is coming back to the franchise later this year. Uh, This is his debut film, produced uh, in tandem and starring Bruce Campbell, who this would go on to be a career-defining franchise for him as well, as well as a few uh, other actors and friends of theirs. Uh, The Evil Dead is maybe the most conventional horror movie that we have here. Uh, It follows a group of five college students who are going for uh, a weekend away at a cabin in the woods. Never go to a cabin in the woods in the horror movie because they come across some uh, demons (laughs) and evil spirits, of course, and they have to fight to survive. So the Evil Dead is a movie that I had heard a lot about. It's a very famous franchise, and I might even say its sequels have kind of surpassed the original. And they are very famous for a horror comedy blend as well, but the original is definitely more of a straightforward horror movie, and especially as things continue to get gory and nasty and disgusting, quite literally. You see how this movie earned its NC-17 rating, so not one to watch with, uh, <laughs> not one to watch with the kitties. This one definitely earns its its hard rating there, but I really did have a good time. I, I loved the, the DIY, like, throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks spirit of this debut shot largely just at this cabin, and there's some really awesome effects that they were able to pull together with the you know the demons haunting this cabin and coming for these doomed college students so although this was something i was watching for the first time i really wanted to recommend it because i had a great time being scared and often just staring at the screen with my jaw on the floor so uh, anybody here watching this for the first time as well or do we have some returners i'll ask uh like christian asked earlier so i have seen this movie before (laughs) I, I the first time. Yes, this was my first time, and uh, definitely there were jaws hitting the floor. Um, there were also things being thrown up against the wall that stuck. Um, it was it was a it was one of those rare movies I've encountered that I I had to look away like several times. It was it was a uh, yeah I don't know how this felt in the theater. Um, in like a dark space with like a lot of you know sweaty seventies teenagers, like this must have been a truly horrible thing to undergo. It's pr- probably the most disgusting movie that we're talking about. It sure is. <laughs> it, and I, I I have to say it I it, to me it's kind of in the vein of House, in the sense that the plot is paper thin. Like you you basically are just like cool haunted house and here it's cool. Uh, people, the, the woods are coming after you. <laughs> Haunted cabin. <laughs> Haunted cabin. Uh, and yet, um, I was wildly intrigued to the point where, I, Emily, I think you said it best when talking about House. At one point, I stopped caring emotionally about the characters and was like, alright, let's, um, let's kill some more. Let's just keep killing these people. So, this movie, I would say, is definitely like a classic horror like one everybody should see for sure especially with like i love the demon vision thing that happens that's awesome and then of course there's like the scene with the tree it uh, gets me every time Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) but i think on a rewatch of this movie i have since seen evil dead 2 and the 2013 evil dead remake 
And I think, like, those kind of have a superiority to this one, just because this one kind of can't decide whether it's full horror or full comedy, and Evil Dead 2 just goes straight into, like, this whole uncanny comedy. It's fantastic. I recommend you go watch it, because it's just, like, they step it up from this one. It's so crazy. It's absolutely fantastic. And then the 2013 Evil Dead really delves into the horror aspect of it, and it's so, so terrifying, so scary. It's, yeah. So I just, I think watching this one, I was like, well, this one's really good, but I almost would kind of rather be watching one of these better ones. (laughs) I mean, you do have to start somewhere, obviously. But yeah, I I would say that kind of knowing their reputation of the rest of the franchise, Army of Darkness is the the third from the original trilogy. I don't know if you've seen that one, Emily. That is the only one I have not seen. Okay. So yeah, you do have this original trilogy and the sequels to the, you know, the original are known, a little bit more known. And then obviously there is the remake and there's another one forthcoming. There was a TV series. There's been video games like Evil Dead is everywhere. So if you are like uh, Christian Paul and myself, and this is, you know, your first time, I I would still recommend the original. Uh, Like I said, there's, I I just love the, the, that Sam Raimi's talents are clearly on display. And he really had an eye for making a good movie from a very young age because by the time this movie released, I don't think he was much older than 21, 22. And I think while they were shooting it, he was 20. So very, very young. And yet is getting super inventive with the camera, using lots of point of view shots to kind of put us, you know, the perspective of this evil that is coming for these, uh, these college students and plenty of fake outs and, you know, kind of classic horror movie tricks until once things really start hitting the fan it really does go off the wall and get get quite crazy um paul you mentioned you did have to look away a few times in terms of the the grossness uh did that would would you say that was like negative a negative part of the experience or like the horror of the movie was just really working for you you had to shy away you know for, for someone out there who's maybe a little has a little softer stomach that might get a little queasy around it's like these kinds of movies you know what would you say would you still recommend it or would you say be cautious Yes. uh, So obviously I would say both. Um, And what, uh, you know, not to like dance around it, like if if you are coming to a film having previously undergone some sort of like trauma that like you just don't want to re-experience again, you will re-experience it in this movie. Like there it is. It it takes all the trigger boxes. Um, The other like. But I, I was, like, this was a movie that was, like you guys said, so filled with uh, just expertise and creativity. Um, there is a, you know, it's like, I it's, it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if I like what you did, but I like how you did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, just, just reading more about this film, uh, it is literally the definition of suffering for your art. Um, and uh, on on a shoestring budget uh, where, I mean, picture when you're watching this movie that the cast and crew then have to spend the night actually sleeping in the same cabin because that is like the only structure around. Um, so I, I, I have unbelievable respect uh, for this movie um, and for everyone who is involved in it. Uh, but yes, there is a um, some things you just don't need to see. Um, and, uh, yeah, it is, it is a credit to the movie that I turned away. I, I, I have to say though, I do kind of think this movie's sexist 
Hmm. I, I, <laughs> what makes I, you say I, that? The fact that the women are the villains? Yes. Oh my goodness, yes. The women are not... And it's not just, like, not treated well. The women are kind of exploited. And it's done a little clinically. So it, it, it doesn't, like, dwell too much on that. But that is... Um, that that's kind of a big thing that made me do a double take on this movie. Yes, I, I would agree. It's it is not uh, friendly to its women, um, and you know, horror as a genre is uh, on. And you guys have been talking about this on your podcast, but it it has a, a strange dichotomy with that, where it can elevate women um, or uh, you know reduce them, um, and you're honestly not sure which until you really think about it. Um, but yeah, this one this one was definitely uh, unfriendly to women. That tree scene that we mentioned in particular is definitely one that is infamous, and some people you know some people get riled up and they're like, "Don't touch my horror franchise. It's important to the Evil Dead." And then it honestly is a scene that so many people wish that like if it if it just wasn't in the movie or if it had been handled differently, it it would actually improve the experience. So yeah, there there is a pretty infamous scene and, and, and of course is these trees attacking one of the female characters uh in some pretty uncomfortable ways and so definitely something to be aware of watching this movie um i think i don't know it's hard it's hard to be the person who's like this movie ain't sexist and so i will say that with a limited cast of five mm-hmm. with two men three women you you kind of do need some people to be possessed and some people to survive but the way that they go about it, I do see what you're saying, Christian. It, it, this wasn't a thought that came to me, uh, other than the tree scene, which I felt was pretty gratuitous. Um, outside of that, though, I, I guess I didn't see that with just with the the possessions and evil, the evil dead, like yeah. all of that going on. I will say, yeah, I will say the true villain of this movie is Scott, and by that I mean the character Scott. Um, <laughs> Uh, the whole movie yes I there was, is someone named scott yes. within the movie in the whole movie me. i was just saying scott you bastard scott you coward bastard and um yes i i will i will leave that to your imagination <laughs> yeah i just want to chime in and say yeah i agree with everything Please you guys do. are saying uh definitely like the fact i don't want to spoil it but like the women are more susceptible to the entity really and it, it it does make me mad, even though this is a classic and I do love it. Like, it is definitely sexist for sure. So, yeah, you can celebrate the good and uh, you know understand that you don't have to stand up for every last part of this movie. You know exactly. So if you are intrigued by this discussion or you just want to get grossed out or you want to get in with the franchise, feel free to check out The Evil Dead on HBO Max and. Two of the sequels are also there. I'm not sure about the remake, um, but you can check. You can look into that if you're curious. So we will now wrap it up with Emily. So go ahead and share with us, share with us your pick for a horror movie streaming recommendation. All right. So my recommendation is 2015's The Final Girls, directed by Todd Strauss Schulson and written by MA14 and Joshua John Miller. So this is a comedy horror about a girl who finds herself trying to survive a 1980s slasher film starring her late mother. And I love this film. It's so fun and it comes at a lot of the tropes and it's really like looking at a film like uh, Friday the 13th basically. Like that's where we're going is just a 
a version of Friday the 13th. Uh, and I just think it's a lot of fun the way that they kind of poke at the tropes and then it's set at a summer camp, which is really my vibe and it's a teen horror. So it's just right up my alley. And I think it's really fun and entertaining upon like, uh, if you're looking at it critically, I think it does like a little bit fall apart, but I mean, honestly, that's not what I'm usually coming to it for. I'm like, I just want to have a good time, watch these teens try and fight off this, uh, Jason-like guy and have a great time. I loved it. Haven't seen the movie before. I love this movie. It was so great. It was so meta. It was so fun. Script falls apart a little bit. Can't lie. Some of the logic of the movie makes absolutely no sense. We walk past that and they're just in for a nice weird slasher movie. It ah, it was so good. It was so fun. Ah, I yield the floor. And I guess I'm 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 still here on the floor because no one else is saying anything. Okay, I I wanted to hear oh. Paul's thoughts on the movie. I wanted to hear Paul's thoughts first because I will say this is the one from the bunch that didn't work for me as well. Definitely, I I Emily, I see your face that I'm that it's offended. I apologize. I think for me, some of those those script problems just kind of weighed more heavily on me. Mostly not because I was like trying to nitpick it, but because I felt like they there are times where they use the concept really well. In times when they use the concept as a crutch to explain something away or or just flat out kind of don't use the concept in an interesting way that I wish they would have done better with or done differently, I suppose. Um, so that that's kind of why I didn't totally vibe with this movie. Uh, but otherwise, like, I do think it is worth watching. And, like, obviously your two reactions, like, I'm the one in the minority here. Uh, it, it is more commonly liked, I think, as it's really fun send-up of slasher movies. And so, if you, especially if you like slasher movies, this one could totally, totally be up your alley. Paul, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so um, I would, uh, I would say, yes, I understand uh, some of the script problems. Um, and uh, the, the thing that you know, redeems that is that, you know, for a, you know, you you do not expect a movie with the, like, you know, kids uh, get sucked away to the alternate reality of the movie Camp Bloodbath. You know, you don't expect that to be a, such a heartwarming tale as it ends up being. Um, And uh, this, this pure, unadulterated, uh, well-aged cheese uh, that the movie becomes, it's this, like, um, yeah, it is. It is cheesy. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, there's there is definitely some stuff that you have to just resist rolling your eyes and be like, oh my gosh, like this is sweet. This makes me th- feel things. Um, and uh, yeah, it's also held up. Uh, it's redeemed by some very skilled improvisers um, who are you know involved with the film and you know do a. Uh, a good job of just making sure not a scene goes by where you're bored, you know, that because, you know, again, that is the number one sin that a movie can do. It's not like a messy script. It's not whatever. Um, it's if it bores me. Um, I did. Uh, yeah, I, I did appreciate uh, a lot of what the script is doing. I think that like it was definitely a um, a love letter to you know those classic those classic things and the even the title the the final girl is you know you guys have talked about on your podcast just this concept of like 
okay, once everyone else is dead, you have this, you know, quote-unquote virginal, um, you know, very, like, practical woman who is able to finally stand up and take on, you know, the bad guy in some fashion. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think that the movie takes that trope and, again, redeems it and says, like, okay, yeah, th is this kind of, like, silly and, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense and maybe is it like sending a retrograde message um but at the same time um it is also a a kind of like superpower for perhaps like a population that you know you don't always see as like the the hero or the like most competent in a movie yeah see i think where the movie kind of falls apart for me a little bit is what they're trying like the commentary they're trying to make on the final girl it, i mean the movie is called final girls they're examining all these tropes and i think ultimately they just do the same thing when it comes to the final girl i mean when you look uh taisa farmiga plays our main character max when you look at her at the beginning i'm kind of like she really reminds me of just a laurie strode like i I don't know how much commentary they, they're really making there when it's like, well, you didn't, you just kind of did the same character again, I think. So as much as I love the movie, I'm kind of like, I, I don't know what you were trying to say there because you just did the same thing. But I don't know if it's actually trying to say anything because it's, I mean, none of these final girls are special. And, but I think that's the beauty of it, because it's talking about, even at the beginning, um, Max's mom is someone who, because she was an unspecial actress, and I'm saying all that in quotes, that's what she believes about herself, she can't get any more jobs. And now she is able, um, her mom tragically is dead, we, uh, and you find that out in the movie, and then she is there uh, in this movie being able to meet the character that her mom has played. And she's talking about why she herself isn't special, even though she wants to be a final girl. But the final girls aren't special. They're just people. And at the core of it, it's kind of it's a daughter wanting to reconnect with their mom. That's what I thought. It, it's not about, I think, these people trying to prove to themselves that they're special. It's just they're understanding they're not and that that's okay. Why am I the one defending this movie? No, I, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment, and I think um, especially uh, the I don't know I I don't think that the most like noble character in the movie is the final girl. I think that that goes to you know the honor goes to um, women who actually uh, use uh, and again not to spoil too many things, but who who use like uh, sexuality and you know unspecialness or whatever. Um, in order to bring about like ultimate victory, um, I think that that's a you know it's the it's the Samwise Gamgee like you know not not the not the hero, uh, but the person who brings you know heroic traits to you know our like normal human lives. So yeah, I I, I love the movie. Like if you've got Hulu, give it a watch. I would say and you know decide for yourself. Or you could be like me and be a no-fun stickler who wants to watch his icky, gross horror movies instead of the funny ones. Scott! The true villain again is Scott. <laughs> the true villain is once again Scott. Okay, I, I, I want to say, Malin Ackerman plays her mother in this movie. And I kept getting thrown off at why people in the past would have cast this woman in her mid-30s to be a camp counselor. <laughs> 
And I'm, I'm not going to lie. Molly Ackerman's a great actress. But why didn't they just cast somebody who was like in her 50s to be the mother of a teenager and then somebody in their 20s to be the young version in the movie? Like, am I crazy here? Or it's, okay. it's maintaining. It am, am I crazy? <laughs> it's maintaining the long tradition of uh, of Riverdale at all, um, and casting <laughs> people in their thirties to be in high school. Um, I think that's. Yep. I think that's perfectly. Uh, that's the thing about this movie is whenever it, it fails, you can always be like, "Oh, they're being meta about it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought she was. Uh, I thought she was Anna Faris for like the whole movie. I'm I'm still like convinced she's Anna Faris. I tell you, she's not. So <laughs> I don't believe you. Have you ever seen Sorry, her and Anna Faris in the same exactly. room at the same time? You never have. Yeah, Scott. She she looks and sounds extremely differently from Anna Faris. Like they both have blonde hair, and that's kind of where the that's not true. Their voices are very similar. All white people. No. Their voices the have that kind of raspy thing. <laughs> Am I the only one who thinks she sounds like Anna Faris? I don't know, Christian. Emily, what do you think? I didn't make that connection at all, so... Yeah, so... All right, y'all suck. <laughs> all of us white people just looking the same. It's what we do. You do. I'm sorry. No, it's it's true. Have you seen... You know, there's the meme that goes around once a year that's, like, all of the eight Hollywood guys that all look the same, like, it's Henry Cavill, Matt mm. Bomber, some other dudes I, who I can't even think of, but they all look the same. Yeah, I get it. Henry Cavill... <laughs> Matt Bomber. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating this conversation, so pardon me for not doing my research. I will say there are a couple. Uh, there's at least one fun behind-the-scenes tidbit on this movie. Uh, you mentioned one of the writers was Joshua John Miller, who actually got this idea because his dad is Jason Miller, who is in The Exorcist, mm-hmm. which we discussed early this year uh, in January, actually, as part of our 1973 blend of the month, and. Uh, he got the idea imagining what it'd be like to have because he was watching the movie his, his father's no longer with us and so he was saying you know what what would it have been like to be able to go into this movie and and meet my father although you know he may not know that's where he sort of got the idea which i thought was was a pretty funny behind the scenes kind of i did look it. at this movie and immediately think exorcist 100 <laughs> percent. so related <laughs> And okay, last thing I'll say here. The guy who directed this also did a movie called Isn't It Romantic that I actually like quite a bit. Have you guys seen Isn't It Romantic? No. I purposefully stayed away. I I will tell you, it is very similar because it's like Rebel Wilson, but she's in a but she falls into a romantic comedy and then romantic comedy ensues. And it got it got kind of some some poor reviews at the time, but I had a very good time when I watched it. Me me and the missus made a Valentine's Day date out of it. So I I do I've liked at least one of this guy's other movies. Very similar concept. That one just worked a little better for me. So I would definitely say you know I'm I'm with everybody else. Check this out if you're looking for uh, just a fun time this October, uh, especially if you're watching like Friday the Thirteenth or Halloween. These other slasher movies. It's definitely a nice a nice chaser for something like that. And yeah. it is on Hulu, if we didn't mention that. Yes. Yeah, and I, I, I will say I, I thoroughly enjoyed all four of the movies we watched, uh, just getting in that Halloween mood. And um, I think, I think you know, in the age of streaming, um, one of the great things about these movies is you can just take them each as like a 90-minute like TV show. Like, it's not a ton of investment. Um, it is a uh, just, you know, sit down, see if it works. And if it doesn't, then, you know, no harm, no foul. I think it's I think that made a lot of these movies just 
I don't know, a a good time that I was not, uh, you know, I don't know, if you're not spending like 12 bucks to see something, that kind of lowers what you need from it. Yeah, I will say, we did pick four movies that are all hovering around that 90-minute range, so way to get, way to respect everybody's schedules. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, these are all like concentrated doses, and definitely, definitely worth a quick watch, and I like that example, Paul, of like... It's in it in some ways you can just see it as watching a longer episode <laughs> of a TV show when it's this short. Uh, even American Werewolf in London, it was you know coming up on the over a hundred minute mark, and then it kind of it, the way that it ends, it is a little bit abrupt, and then the credits start to roll, and you say, oh, there you go, still around that ninety minute mark. Um, Emily and Christian, what were your thoughts on this this batch of movies that we had? I I don't be mean, but like. <sighs> I was Not getting a little. <laughs> I was getting a little bored watching a couple of them, and I don't know. I think I'm just like I've been watching too many modern movies where like there's something happening all the time, and now I'm just like not able to sit through an older movie where it's like we gotta chill for a minute, and somebody's gotta pace around an apartment for like twenty seconds, <laughs> and I just. But uh, I mean, I still had a good time. I would still recommend. Three out of four of these, I would say. They were fine. <laughs> I liked my movie the best. Ah, uh, see, yours is the one I leave out. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I said nice things about your movie, and last year yours was my least favorite. So, <laughs> and, and, and no, and when I don't like my movie, I will say I don't like the movie that I chose. Christian, I just want to say it's so chaotic that you're like, I'm going to recommend this movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to just recommend it. <laughs> I just can't. I'll t- it's like a suicide That's- pact. You're like, I don't know what's on the other side of this thing, but you're all coming with me. Exactly. Ex- absolutely. And look, <laughs> in the history, in the long history of this show, Christian and I will often do these episodes with four movies between the two of us. So it's safe to say that both of us have done this from time to time, just throwing things out and hoping that we like it. Okay. This No, no. This is the thing also in the long history of this show. We record on Mondays. Monday afternoon, I'm like, all right, Scott, you told me what the thing was that we're going to do next week. What two movies have you chosen? I don't know, man. I'm going to check a couple movies out, let you know. Scott, I'm working two jobs. What two movies have you chosen? It's Thursday. I, I, I didn't have time to check these out. I'm looking through it. Scott, it is Saturday morning. I need time to watch these two movies. Okay, okay. I watched like three. I think I'm going to go with these two. I'll watch another. Scott, shut up. It's Sunday night. We're recording tomorrow. I I would. This is the part of the show where I would normally try to like defend myself and deny these claims. But there's just there's nothing to deny, really. So I'll just own that. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's, it's how I roll, man. You throw it out without watching it. You just hope for the best. I like to do a little bit more research. And it's always been fine thus far. I always give you at least one option earlier in the week and then the other one later on. We're still doing this show together, and you've, you've threatened me many times <laughs> on this podcast, and I, I still live and breathe to this day. So you know, if it ever becomes a problem, yeah, we'll solve it. Yeah. But for now. <laughs> you know, the real horror was the friends we made along the way. It's all <laughs> there was a meeting behind this the entire time. I knew it. Scott, sign off and tell us what we're going to do next week. <laughs> I will say I do want to throw out just a couple more uh, movies recommended by our friends over at the Hollywood Week podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Kaysen and Keenan Color, mm-hmm. friends of the show who we told them about this idea 
and they were very excited and I asked them if they had any movies they wanted to recommend and then they didn't say anything about them they just threw out two movies and only one of them is actually streaming somewhere so for shame Kohler Brothers for shame so if you are a Shudder user anybody here on Shudder I'm not Okay, Shudder, Emily speaks for the group there. Shudder is a horror-focused streaming service that, you know, it's not my like preferred genre of choice, but I've heard good things for horror fans. So if you like to get scared 12 months out of the year, maybe check out Shudder. And they did make an original movie. I think they've made a few originals, but one that got a lot of love last year is called Host. That uh, is a haunted Zoom meeting. And so, although that concept may sound frustrating, you may remember last uh, last year on this episode, I recommended Unfriended, mm-hmm. which is a haunted Skype meeting. <laughs> so, updating the concept and host, speaking of brevity, is only 50 minutes long. So, I have not seen it myself, but if you want to check out Shudder, make sure you give host a watch. It comes highly recommended from Keenan Culler. And then Kaysen recommended a movie called The Invitation. Anybody here seen The Invitation? Wait, who's the director on that? Karen Kusama, if that Never is the mind. one that Kaysen <laughs> recommended to us. Obviously, every movie out there, there's, you know, there's multiple multiples for titles like The Whatever. But The Invitation, another movie that has its fans for sure. I haven't seen it, and Kaysen is not here to recommend it and didn't add anything to it. <laughs> he just said to check it out. But Karen Kusama is someone you may recognize. Uh, she also directed Jennifer's Body, which I know has a lot of fans and uh, made a movie called Destroyer with Nicole Kidman a couple years back. The Invitation is not streaming anywhere right now, but it is rentable anywhere that you can rent a movie. So if you're looking for again, another kind of indie-feeling horror movie, um, definitely check out The Invitation per case in color. So if you've reached this point in the episode, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we sincerely appreciate the support here. Uh, do want to give a moment for each of our guests to sign themselves off. So, uh, Paul, Emily, thank you for being here. And uh, we always do like to ask, you know, at this time, do you have anything that you'd like to plug, whether it be a social media account or a project you're working on that you want the listeners of this show to go check out? Paul, I will start with you. Anything for the listeners to plug or you want to plug for the listeners? Uh, yeah, yeah. You can uh, find me. Um, uh, the Authors Dozen podcast is on hiatus as uh, the uh, dozen books were written. Um, and uh, I think I do deserve a small rest. Uh, but you can check that out. Um, all the episodes are just as fresh as the day they were picked. Um yeah, and uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on social media, just Paul Yoder, Authors Dozen, search it up. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll just thank you guys for having me, and uh, I'm so glad this uh, Zoom meeting uh, wasn't haunted. Ah! Oh no, there goes Paul. Now we'll never get the sequel to Authors Dozen. I will say, both Christian and myself did get to make an appearance on Authors Dozen, helping to talk Paul through the first draft of uh, one of his books, respectively. So, we, I know we both enjoyed doing that, so definitely go check that out. Um, hopefully Paul's okay and somebody can knock on his door later. Emily, thanks again for being here. Anything to plug for the listeners? Uh, yeah, I guess you could find me on Instagram at quantemily, Q-U-A-N-T, Emily. Uh, no projects currently. Well, a lot of unfinished projects. One day I hope to come onto your podcast and give you a project that 
I actually completed, but not at this time. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me back again. I hope to see you at the uh, next uh, horror streaming recommendations next year. Can't wait. Looking forward to <laughs> round three, bigger and better next year. And we'll look forward to whatever project you bring to us at that time. Uh, just listeners, just giving you a status update here. Paul is still not returned to his Zoom screen. Uh, I committed you know, to the bit. Ah! <laughs> uh, so thanks to Paul, may he rest in peace, and Emily for being here. Uh, for those of you listening to the show, there are a few things that you can do to support us here at Cinema Drip. Uh, number one, give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, helps us reach new listeners there. You also can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I know Christian and I check the numbers, and it always gives us a smile when we see our subscriber count growing. So uh, please do subscribe wherever you listen and share with your friends. Uh, the other things that you can do to help us out are, number one, send us an email at cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. You can always feel free to shoot us some feedback if you think we suck or if you think we're great or if you have ideas for a blend of the month or maybe there's a horror movie streaming right now that we didn't bring up today that you want us to shout out. So feel free to shoot us an email with that information, cinemadrippodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow Christian and myself on social media. We're on Letterboxd, where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we're watching. Uh, you can follow myself and the show on Twitter. And Christian is also on Twitter, though not as active. Christian, we have to talk about what's coming up in October. Yes. <laughs> So as uh, for those of you who listen to the show, you know that Christian and I take turns curating a blend of the month each month. And so last month in September, we took a look at some horror movies and their same name sequels, courtesy of Christian. That was a lot of fun. And now coming up, there are a lot of major movies coming out and we wanted to tie it into something. And so uh, Emily and Paul, are either of you looking forward to Dune? Oh, oh. not particularly. Sorry. <laughs> Emily, no. <laughs> Paul. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. You're entitled to your preferences, Paul. It sounds like you maybe have some more anticipation for Dune. Yes, yes. Dune is the. Uh, oh my gosh. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I, I'm excited to see uh, uh, Twink uh, Skywalker um, and uh, his his many uh, adventures in the desert. It's very exciting. Oh, Timothy Chalamet, you, you sweet thing. Uh, Dune is coming out this month, obviously. And for many of us, we have been waiting for a while. It's uh, one of the biggest movies that was delayed by COVID. And so now that it's finally coming out, Christian and I will be discussing it on the show while also taking a look at two other Denis Villeneuve movies. Uh, we already covered Blade Runner 2049 on this show, which you can go listen to as part of our AI blend of the month. We discussed Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. And next week, we will be kicking off our official Denis Villeneuve blend of the month with Anson D. One of his final films not in the English language and one that uh, helped him to explode onto the international scene. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's not streaming anywhere uh, as part of a subscription, but it is rentable a variety of places, including Prime. So check it out, and we'll be discussing it next week as we kick off our Denis Blend of the Month. Christian, any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home? I'm tired. Oh, you're tired. Emily's been tired this whole time. And, you know, you can't, obviously, this is a Zoom meeting. The light has been going down on her, just in her location this entire time. So it looks like it's ready for Betty Bye over there. Paul, how, how are you doing? How's your energy? You still good? Yeah, you're I could go for another day? hour. Are we ready? Let's go. All right. 
Christian and Emily, you guys can, you know, take a nap. Me and Paul are doing round two. Just kidding, folks. Uh, Christian, Emily, Paul, thank you all for being here. And until next time, this has been the Cinema Drip Podcast. <laughs>